When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tomorrow night, 1,000% Dick Morris. It's 1,000% that Donald Trump is going to announce he's running for president. Yeah, sure. I'm not here for the sun. Dick Morris, 1,000% Trump is running. And Trump, of course, is in Mar-a-Lago. And uh, my friend Andrew Giuliani... And his beautiful wife, Z, and his adorable little girl, Grace, are a walking distance away right now down in beautiful, sunny Florida from Mar-a-Lago. And, of course, Andrew worked in Donald Trump's White House all those four years. Pretty good resume. Kid, his father was mayor. He worked with Trump for four years, came in second running for governor, and uh, now is my buddy. I mean, I don't know, Andrew, you've, um, you're blessed. How's it get any better? Completely. And, you know, right now uh, I got you in one hand over here and I got my daughter, Grace, in the other hand. As much as I love you, I kind of love the one in the other hand a little more. But I got to tell you, (laughs) I I am absolutely blessed and I'm blessed by our friendship. And I think uh, it's going to be a fascinating next couple of years. We see uh, this announcement. I think Dick Morris is right. I think this is a thousand percent that he's going to end up announcing today. Uh, And then to see what ends up happening. Does DeSantis announce? Does Youngkin announce? Uh, Who else potentially gets in this race? Uh, it's going to be fascinating. I wonder how you feel about it because so many of our friends, not just mine, Andrew, but yours too, guys like King and Deedle, Lydia Moments Ago and others, are now uh, completely anti-Trump. You know, they they readily admit he did a great job as president, but they hate Mm -hmm. what they've seen since. And then him lashing out at DeSantis and Youngkin last week and really moments of absolute craziness the last couple of weeks, and they don't like this Donald Trump. What do you think about that? Well, Sid, I think to give a distinction between, you know, what we saw in 2016 with the, you know, lying Ted and, and the way he went after his uh, his uh, Republican nominee competition, if you Low will. energy but Jeb and small hands Marco. Jeb, right. I mean, it was, you know, he, he absolutely nailed it. I mean, Jeb, Jeb asked people to applaud and, and he nailed exactly part of that. <laughs> but, right. What, one of the things that's a big difference, though, is he was not a part of the political establishment at the time. Now, I'm not saying he's part of the political establishment now, but he's been part of Youngkin's rise. He certainly endorsed DeSantis, and he's one of the reasons why DeSantis is governor. And, and I think, honestly, DeSantis has looked at a lot of Trump's style, and he looked at a lot of Trump what Trump was able to get effective for the country, and he implemented that in Florida here. The reason why you can't ultimately insult them now, I think, from a stylistic standpoint, the way he's done over the last week is they're part of your coaching tree, if you will, right? These these guys are people that basically grew up under you, they learned from you, and now they're taking what you found effective in the country as president, and they're utilizing that for their states. Uh, and they're utilizing it very well. I have to tell you, uh, there is a, a big sentiment down here that DeSantis is, uh, is primed yeah. To make, a, to make yeah. a presidential run, whether Trump announces or not. Yeah, I agree. You know, and, and this is the difference between me and Trump. And I have to make every story about me. You know that, Andrew. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the tree. I had a kid named Victor Bermudez. 
He was my producer at 560 WQIM in Miami. He's gone on to win three Emmy Awards at Telemundo. I couldn't be prouder. My intern back in 2000 at WNEW, Chris Olivero, has run CBS Radio, including WFAN, for the better part of 20 years. I've got other producers that have gone on to become big stars like Joy Taylor, who now sits next to Colin Coward every day. And I'm proud of these folks, and they give me credit, yeah. and I give them credit. At no point do I feel threatened or angry. This psycho Trump, he can't just appreciate what they've done and still stand for himself. He gets angry. Well, I think that's, and I think that's why he's seen probably, in my guess, a more shed of support over the last 10 days than he probably did in the last six years combined because they look and say, wait a second, no, DeSantis is not an average governor. He's doing an incredible job here. Youngkin seems to be off to a good start in Virginia. Remember, he's only a year into, uh, less than a year, actually, into his term. Uh, But there's a reason why, and I talked about this on the campaign trail, Lee talked about this on the campaign trail all the time, that New Yorkers were leaving for Florida. Actually, this is an amazing stat, Sid. When I started the campaign a year and a half ago, New York had a million less people than Florida. Only a couple years ago, New York actually had more people than Florida. Now Florida has nearly three million more people than New York, and that's just because people are leaving New York, they're going to Florida, and we know the the issues with the policies in New York. Uh, It's basically the exact opposite in Florida. So, again, it's going to be fascinating. I know there was a poll that came out uh, just yesterday, uh, albeit by people who have uh, not liked Trump too much, that Club for Growth group, which is a co-group that had DeSantis up double digits in both Iowa and New Hampshire. And that's another thing that people need to think about as they're handicapping this race. Don't just look at the national polls. Figure out which candidates are going to be able to hustle in Iowa, in New Hampshire, in South Carolina, and one of those early states is Florida as well, which you have to figure DeSantis may have an advantage in. All very good points. You know, as I'm talking with you and I just called Donald Trump a psycho and he talked about the difference between him and I when it comes to my old, uh, you know, my tree and his tree and all these types of things. Uh, Not lost in all this is the fact that I still support Trump. He's still my guy over DeSantis. And I always give the same reason why. You can appreciate this, Andrew, as a monster sports fan like me, Ranger and Giant fan. And that is don't talk to me about potential. Running the state of Florida is terrific. Don't get me wrong. It's not running the country. I don't know what Ron DeSantis can and can't do. Here's what I know. Up until COVID for three and a half years, Donald Trump was not a good president. He was a great president. So Mm -hmm. give me the guy that's already done it rather than the guy that has potential. That's why with all the negatives on Trump, and I just mentioned a bunch of them, I would still vote for Trump over DeSantis today. Talks about his policies and enacting his policies. Um, there's nobody better. I mean, in my lifetime, maybe even including Reagan. I mean, the, the guy really did an incredible job. He looked at a real issue that was misserving so many Americans getting down to Washington, D.C., the bureaucracy, breaking the bureaucracy. One of the things that I think gets talked about so little, but I think was such an, a key part of President Trump's success, was the regulatory reform that President Trump was able to do in Washington. He made the yep. promise on the campaign trail that for every regulation he'd sign into law, he would cut two. By the time he walked out of the White House, that number was over eight to one. Whenever we talk about big bureaucracies, and Washington, D.C. certainly is the epitome of that, Uh, that's called breaking the bureaucracy. That's called going in there and actually trying to take some of these career bureaucrats uh, that we know in Washington, D.C., basically not only lean left but are heavily leaning left. Just take a look at how D.C. votes over 90 percent for the Democrat. 
and going in there and breaking what's wrong, where people actually, the elected officials, are not necessarily accountable because you have these career servants in there. Now, look, I wouldn't say that, that the swamp was broken under him, but he ultimately gave a guideline for, I think, future presidents that look at small government as an effective way to manage the country and say, you know what? This is the first step in doing this. We can build upon this. Now, the question is, is his message going to be disciplined enough to talk about these policies, to be able to show what he did effectively for New Yorkers? Or is he going to go after DeSantis, which I think could be could be something that could backfire on him, Sid? So what do you think he will do tonight? I just had Grant Stinfield on, and I said, enough with the rigged election. He said, Sid, Sid, do you see what just happened in Nevada? Do you see what just happened in Arizona? Even in my own neighborhood, Tom Sullivan is getting screwed in Rockaway. He goes, yeah. what do you mean, move on? Donald Trump is right. I go, but does that behoove him with the voters? But his point was Donald Trump was right. Hard to argue right now, no? Well, well look, I mean, you see what's going on in California. You see what's going on. The fact that we still don't know so many of these congressional races at this point, it took so long to come in. That's a real problem. We need to be able to have uh, an election day where we can trust the votes coming in. I mean, and look, I understand if it's going to come in a couple hours late and you don't know until the early morning hours or find out Wednesday morning. I get that. But the fact that over 10 percent of the House races by the time we got up on Wednesday were still not called. And a lot of it because not because a couple of votes separated, because only 30 percent of the votes are in. Uh, it certainly raises major questions. So I think the fact that he brings it up and, and talks about it. Uh, is not bad, but I really think that he should be talking about the policies of the future forward and spend a few percent of his time, if you will, Sid, talking okay. about Fair what enough. he's going to do, what he, what he's going to do to actually yeah. make these elections secure going forward. That's what people want to hear. Okay, we believe this may have happened. What are you going to do? Actually, here's the plan. What we're, in terms of what we're going to do going forward to make sure they're secure. Here's my friend, the great Andrew Giuliani, who's literally walking distance from Mar-a-Lago as we speak with <laughs> Donald Trump, will announce he's running for president for the third time tonight. So you were in here last election day, you and Laura Curran. Uh, Laura's a Democrat. She came in, was great that day, but basically beaten down. Chuck Todd, all these folks. I mean, it didn't matter who it was. You that morning, Jesse Waters the night before. We all expected yeah. this monster red wave. Maybe 54 seats. I heard 54 five at one point not even close and we gotta we gotta pray now we will win it but even the house is up for grabs as of this morning very simply andrew giuliani what the f happened it was a tough night and i gotta tell you one of the few bright spots when you look at it nationally was was new york and you gotta credit uh not just the zeldin campaign on this you certainly need to credit lee and, and their campaign what they were able to do but also joe pinion and michael henry for running through the state through the last year because they played a massive role and they may play a massive role in making sure Republicans uh, actually win back the House. Uh, but look, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. One of the things that, that I've looked at is see voter participation amongst people that are 30 and younger. And that's starting to tick up, Sid. It's still only about 12 percent. But just a couple cycles ago, we were looking at eight or nine percent. The difference in that three or four percent uh, probably made the difference in a bunch of these House races and may have made the difference also in Nevada uh, and potentially for the Arizona gubernatorial race as well. So I think younger voters getting involved with 63 percent of them voting Democrat uh, has been an issue that Republicans need to answer here going forward. Well, I lost you there for a second. I'm sorry. Okay. Andrew Giuliani with us right now down in uh, Florida. And I think you're right about uh, your analysis of uh, what happened that night. Now, I want to play something for you, Andrew. 
Now, this is going to be very near and dear to your heart, and uh, it's going to matter a lot to you because you've got skin in the game. Have any idea where I'm going? I think I know. Is this going to be no, like no, a no, don't say the it, over here? Wait, which one? <laughs> hold it in. Hold it like in. Media- okay. Let okay. me, let me play it. it first, and then after I play it, I want your opinion on what you just heard. Okay, Andrew, well, here we go. You're not going to play it. Lou's going to play it. Well, Lou, play <laughs> you're it. right about that. Lou, play <laughs> it. So there he goes. Uh, you know, I was talking to Bill Bratton last week. I said, stop right there. He goes, what? I go, I know who you talk to. I said, Mayor, can you give me any reasonable explanation why you talk to all these people and yet the greatest mayor in this city's history, Rudy Giuliani, you don't talk to. How does that make sense? And I swear to you, Danielle's my witness. He goes, I would love to. He said, Sid, I swear. He goes, he goes, Sid, if you set it up, you tell me where and when I would love to sit with Rudy Giuliani. I said, I'll tell you what, Rudy's on tomorrow. I'm going to talk to the mayor and we'll set it up for next week. Sid, you tell me where and when, and I'm there. I am going to put together Mayor Eric Adams and Mayor Rudy Giuliani, and it's going to be epic. What do you think? I think, first of all, I think it's a great idea. You always have to hope that, uh, you know, you can reach agreement, and we can, we can move to a, a position where a crime becomes uh, more central, and he starts bringing it down. I mean, I actually... Uh, felt he might do that when he first got elected. I was yeah. I was one of those people who was hopeful and then was very sadly disappointed with the 30% increase in crime, subway. But I'd love to talk to him about it and uh, see no reason why we shouldn't do it. I think it's a, a great idea uh, that you had, Sid. All right. So if your father, the great Rudy, on at 3 o'clock was to call you and say, hey, Andrew, you know, what do you think? I mean, you know, Sid may put this together. I already said yes. What would your advice to your father be? Well, Sid, first off, if you can put this together, then I, I've got no doubt that pretty soon Curtis Lee is going to be named police commissioner <laughs> for Eric Adams, and it's going to be through you somehow because that's it's like miracle work over here. So we'll have to hear what Curtis has to say about that at 1215. But, but I would say this. you know, When we talked before about the playbook that Trump was able to put together about attacking the bureaucracy and really some of the amazing policy successes that benefited Americans and putting that playbook together for whether it be a second term of Trump, whether it be a term of DeSantis, whoever the next conservative moving forward who runs the country, he put that playbook together. There's nobody who put a better playbook together, not just in terms of how you govern New York City, but any city than Rudy Giuliani. And, and I think if, uh, if Rudy Giuliani can help Eric Adams in terms of say, hey, look, this is what you need to do in terms of getting crime down. This is what you need to do to go after that massive budget, which, by the way, New York City's budget is the same size as the state of Florida. Uh, I know my father cares more about New York City. He cares more about New Yorkers than he does any personal grievances that he has with Eric Adams. And honestly, uh, that's why, as a son, I'm, I'm very proud of him and, and uh, looking at my daughter right now. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm blessed that I get to have my daughter spend time with, with my father. Oh, you are the best, man. God, I love you, Andrew. All right, last one, because uh, I feel the same way about my dad. Uh, on the way out, let's kind of wrap a nice little bow on this, go right back to the beginning. Donald Trump will announce tonight he's running for president for the third time. So let's get back to the very top of this. What do you expect to hear from him? What kind of Donald Trump, Andrew, do you think, do you think America will see tonight? I, I hope he's talking about the policy successes of his administration and what he wants to do moving forward for the country. 
Uh, and I hope we're not hearing attacks on other strong conservatives that have done great jobs uh, in their states. That's really what I want to hear. I, I don't want this to be uh, a, a name-calling binge. I want this to be all about the policy, all about the ideas, Trump showing his charm, because that's one of the other things. And I think I told you this uh, after, the, uh, after Ron DeSantis came up to campaign for Lee Zeldin. I think DeSantis is doing an incredible job in Florida. But from a charm perspective, Trump is, is the most charming guy oh. that you'll meet inside or outside of politics. Not even close. If he shows, yep. If yep. He shows that charm. Uh, then I'll tell you what, it's tough for voters not to fall in love with him all over again. What if he doesn't? Uh, so from- what if he doesn't? What if he becomes that bully, the Donald Trump bully that some of his old supporters now can't stand? Then I think he'll he'll shed supporters. I think that's what will happen. I think you'll, you'll have a, a legion of people that no matter what will always be with Trump, no matter what. Um, but for me, I, I'm a guy who looks at it and says, hey, this guy, if he's going to make the country better for my daughter, for my family— for our city, for our state, um, then guess what? I want him to be the guy going forward. If he's only going to focus on personal grievances, uh, then maybe he's proving to Americans uh, that his time has passed. So it's his opportunity to prove to us. Remember, anybody who's running for public office, they're running to be a public servant, not the other way around. So this, in many ways, is his tryout for the American people again. It's the same thing with DeSantis if he chooses to run. It's the same thing with Youngkin. That's why I like to see this stuff play out, see how people have evolved, and see whether or not uh, Trump is going to be that charming guy that can ultimately lead the country again, or if uh, if there's going to be some more vindictiveness and it might be time to move on. Your trip is winding down. Is it today? Is it tomorrow when Z takes you house hunting? Because you're out of here. I mean, you're just... <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, right now it's about 81 degrees. We're, we're going to be going to the beach a little bit later. Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty nice. After, uh, after a year and a half campaigning around New York and running all over the place, it's yeah. nice to take a few days in a, in a free state like Florida. And I certainly hope, and I, yeah. I loved your interview with Lee Zeldin after, after uh, the day you. after the election, two days after. But I certainly co- hope Kathy Hoke will see some of the policy successes of Florida uh, and puts politics behind her. And says, hey, we need to do more of that in New York. Yeah. I guess it's not a tough choice, uh, Rochester or Fort Lauderdale, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we got to get crime down in Rochester. That's <laughs> no, that's true. There's no question. <laughs> hey, uh, when are you coming back, actually? I'll be back uh, on Saturday, as a matter okay, of fact. Cool. Spend, spend a little time down here with, with, uh, with the wife. Good. Well, listen, you have a great time. You've earned it. You deserve it. You've been great with me. I mean, just great. And uh, I will see you when you get back. So enjoy Florida, and thanks for another great appearance, Andrew. Thank you. I can't wait to hear about the meeting of the mayors. I'm waiting (laughs) daily to hear about it. Okay, you'll be the first to hear about it. There he is, folks, live from the state of Florida. Man, he is such a – he's a great, 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 great kid. I I, I can't say it enough. I I love him. Him and I have become very, very, very close. Even closer than me in Macedonia, Phil. I'm so – I know. What? Sorry. What? I'm sorry. I don't be sorry. Be sorry to the new AP. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. This is enough. <laughs> Going nowhere. This is enough. <laughs>